Welcome to S2 Underground, a freelance intelligence agency fighting terrorism, fake news, and political tyranny around the world. I'm the trouble star, punkin' instigator. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to the Underground. Over the past 48 hours, international observers have noted significant military activity in the vicinity of the Russian-Ukrainian border. Hundreds of train cars loaded with staggering numbers of heavy artillery, main battle tanks, armored personnel carriers, and other support vehicles have been observed heading to the Ukrainian border. We have seen extraordinary deployment along the Crimean Bridge as well, which Russia built during their initial invasion of Crimea. Russia, in typical fashion, hasn't said much, but has half-heartedly stated that this is simply a military exercise. This is a classic tactic that Russia has used countless times in the past, and is the exact same excuse that was given prior to the invasion of Crimea years ago. As one might expect, Ukraine is a little bit worried about the divisions of Russian soldiers idling on their border, and the international community has looked to the West for assistance. As of the recording of this video, the European Union has been rather quiet, and the United Nations has expressed some concern, but not really anything substantial. The United States has expressed great concern from a few levels. Uh, the U.S. European Command, or UCOM, has raised their alert level to the highest level it can go and warned of the impending invasion. The Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff had a phone call with his Russian counterpart, General Valery Gerasimov, but the details of that phone call are scarce at this time. One of the more obvious intelligence gaps that we have at this time are what Russia's full intentions are. We know that they intend to invade Ukraine, but we aren't quite sure yet as to if they will take the entire country or just annex a strategically important part of it like they did with Crimea. Some of the more culturally and linguistically Russian parts of the country might be annexed first, um, but we really don't know how far Russia is willing to go at this point. Another gap that we have is what China's role will be. Right now, with international distractions becoming rampant, China is looking for every possible excuse to hold a little invasion of their own. If the United States gives a green light for the Russians to invade Ukraine, China could simply take this as de facto approval to invade Taiwan, or continue their expansion in the South China Sea. Of course, the situation is far more complicated than that, but based on how China has been spanking the United States in the diplomatic and economic spheres, Russia invading Ukraine and reuniting the homeland, as it were, could provide the justification that China needs to more or less do the same thing. We also do not know how this will impact the energy sector. One of Russia's main motivations for invading Ukraine is the natural gas market. Russia controls the country, they control the gas prices, which they will likely set to be higher in order to stimulate their stagnant LNG market. And finally, one of the more significant intelligence gaps we have is what actions, if any, the United States will take. Right now, the United States government is most certainly more concerned with operations on U.S. soil than abroad, especially if Ukraine is involved. Politically, the situation between the United States and Ukraine could not be worse now that the current administration has personal issues with the Ukrainian government. Now, historically, the United States has been very, very, very supportive of Ukraine, especially considering Russia's invasion of Crimea a few years ago. And usually, in the international and geopolitical sphere, little personal quips don't necessarily play a huge role at all, especially when it comes to anything that a superpower does, like Russia, right? Usually personal quibbles get out of the way immediately when it comes to countering Russian aggression. However, despite how much social media and the government wants to suppress it, the details of Joe and Hunter Biden's illegal activities within Ukraine are something that the Ukrainians are not likely to forget. And now that the one person who might give the green light to go help them just so happens to be the same man that they tried to criminally prosecute, well, Biden might not be motivated 
to help them just for personal reasons alone. We really don't know how much this will factor into it nowadays. And that's not including the geopolitical implications of any U.S. action either. No matter who is president, intervening in Ukraine would be a hard sell to the American people right now. And considering that our nation's most senior military officials are more concerned at the moment with weeding out certain political beliefs from the military than they are at winning wars, the nature of any U.S. military intervention, if any, is currently not known. Russia will almost certainly invade Ukraine before the summertime. Time will tell, of course, if we're right or wrong, and it's really hard to give an exact timeline. Uh, and we also might not see what we traditionally think of as an invasion, but just based on the troop movements we've seen in the current geopolitical climate, we fully expect to start seeing little green men showing up in border villages within a few weeks, if they aren't already. Military deception for Russia is so ingrained in military operations that it's almost cultural at this point. The concept of maskarovka, which loosely translates to masquerade or disguise, is heavily ingrained in Russian military doctrine. Not just for things like camouflage and military deception tactics and like inflatable tanks and stuff that we think of when we think of military deception, but also in the political sphere too. Changing facts, gaslighting, and even altering the meaning and concept of truth itself is a core part of Russian military deception. In this case, the deception is laughably simple and really inadequate to hide their actions, because it can be, which points to Russia's confidence that the United States won't intervene. First, Russia holds a military exercise near the Ukrainian border so as to get as many troops in the area as possible and have a plausible excuse for them being there. Anything to delay NATO's actions. Then a few days or weeks later, small groups of armed men wearing sanitizer uniforms with no military identification or unit patches uh, start showing up in less populated border towns. And before too long, the stage is set to roll the tanks over the open plains and take over airfields without a shot being fired. This time, however, many shots are likely to be fired, much more so than the initial Crimean invasion. That conflict was quick, comparatively speaking, and much of the combat took the form of a sort of armed resistance. It wasn't really a near-peer conflict at all. Uh, seeing as the already minuscule Ukrainian military had either been defeated already or chose not to fight in certain areas. Now, of course, there is an old saying in the intelligence world that military deception never fails. Either it works as intended, or if the deception is discovered by the adversarial force, they will always have the thought of, is this a trick? in the back of their minds from then on out. So this whole invasion itself could be a trick to get NATO to strike first and to allow the Russians to gain even more political capital. But based on everything we've seen so far, including the atmosphere of the current international geopolitical scene, this is almost certainly the real deal. Looking to the West, Ukraine is almost certainly not going to get any help from the rest of Europe or the United States this time either, which is something that they honestly expect by now. What is far more troubling for us, at least, is what actions China might take. While the United States is extremely unlikely to intervene in Ukraine, the tone is much different when it comes to Taiwan. And right now, regardless of what political ideology one believes, a cold hard truth from the military side of the house is that both the political and military leadership within the United States has never been weaker, or at least it seems like it right now. And on the international stage, seeing is believing. Right now, things aren't going so well for the U.S. military. The atmosphere in the military, really since January 6th, is that senior leadership is far more likely to go to war on their own soldiers or U.S. civilians than they are to developing a lethal and combat-ready force. 
Even the special operations community is feeling the heat of wokeism, which is actually quite surprising. So for all of those people in the United States who have been claiming that the U.S. is militarily weak, well, here's your moment to say I told you so, because the general attitude among most military and civilian think tanks is that right now the U.S. isn't exactly capable of winning a near-peer conflict. Every lieutenant with a PowerPoint to build is pretty certain that the U.S. at this time cannot stop or even compete with a Chinese invasion of Taiwan or a Russian invasion of Ukraine or the rest of Europe for that matter. And if both events were to happen at the same time, well, that would at worst result in World War III and at best destabilize the United States to a level even more severe than it already is and cripple the ability for the United States to retain any significant military power. So for those of you who stuck around to the end of this video and are wondering why we US citizens should care about Ukraine being invaded, well, there's your answer. Not only does it destabilize Europe and incentivizes Russia to grab more land in a few months or years, but it also is a huge incentive for the world to just go crazy. Like it or not, and our own personal opinions on this aside, the fact of the matter is that the United States is militarily the world's police. Again, doesn't justify it or support it or deny it, it that's just the way it is. So we should not be surprised when the US civilian and military leadership makes it perfectly clear what their priorities are. Granted, every time a new political administration comes into power in the United States, other nations start testing the boundaries. Iran's leadership will say something inflammatory, North Korea will launch a cruise missile or two, the cartels in Central America will surge their product and power northward, genocides will occur in Africa, Russia will fly some bombers off our coast, and countless other geopolitical events will occur in a tale as old as time. But now that other nations see that the United States is having a hard time domestically, and that the disconnect between the people and government has never been higher, well, that's certainly something to take advantage of. So always remember, even though it seems like the most severe issues we face right now are domestic, these issues do not hold a candle to a foreign nation in the United States going to war. So that's all we've got for now. Make sure to check out our other platforms where we will be tracking these events in real time. And if you'd like to support us monetarily, we have a merch store and we are on Patreon. For those of you who already support us in that way, we cannot thank you enough. It is because of you that we can continue dedicating time and resources to bring this content to everyone. And with that, we'll see you next time. And always remember, fight in the shade.